We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Whether you host a nightly dinner party for two or five, keeping your eating and dining area clean helps keep your mind on the dinner party and not on the cleanup afterwards. Viva paper towels clean like cloth, trapping splatters and sauces that could become countertop stains or stuck on messes. And they're two times more durable when wet compared to the leading value brand. For an exceptional cloth-like paper towel, there's Viva. Visit vivatowels.com to soak up the clean feeling of home. Welcome back to Rams Talk Radio. I'm Steve Ribeiro here with Derek Ciapala. Quick off-season podcast going on. It's been a while. Um, so let's get started with, uh, the recent announcement that the Rams are going back to navy and white for their primary color scheme. They're going to go navy and white helmets, navy and white pants, and this is going to be their look, we assume, for the next two years, except that they're, from what we understand, they're not allowed to change their jerseys, so they still have a hint of gold in their jerseys. How do you feel about this? Uh, I think it's ridiculous um I, I don't really believe you're i don't i don't really believe you are actually paying attention to a large portion of your fan base there's going to be some who just love the the blue and white they think it's totally la but in the same token they wore these uniforms for eight years and, that, and that's it the rest of the time it's been blue and, it's been blue and gold that's what the rams are to me it's a legacy uniform you don't mess with it just don't mess with it. Go back to the way it was in the Dickerson days, when it was in the Youngblood days, and then before 1964. Those are the colors you use, and so that's what you should be using. I'm totally with you, man. Um, you know, if they can't really full-on change their uniforms yet, just stick with what we have. I I personally like the current color scheme. I would 
definitely be fine with going back to the the gold and uh, royal blue. But this, especially if you can't change the jerseys, I think the the navy and white look is pretty sleek. But I'm with you; it's only eight years, and now we kind of just look like the Colts, even if we really went full on with it. But to go with this and still have that that darker gold in your uniform, it it doesn't match. You know, and I don't think there was really a problem with it unless you were going to go back to the full-on L.A. color scheme, which is what the fans want. They don't want this weird hybrid uniform that we're kind of forced into having now. Well, you said one thing there that really kind of just sticks. is that They look like the Colts. They yeah, told, they look just like the Colts. I mean, who wants that? You, you know, you want your own brand. And I, maybe it's a market test. Maybe you're testing the market for the next two years to see how fans like the blue and white before you pick a, pick a uniform for 2019. But to me, what makes the most sense is for 2019, you go back to your blue and your gold, and you have the blue and the whites as alternative uniforms. Definitely. You make that the retro because having the current jerseys as the retros wouldn't make any sense, at least this quickly. Exactly. Well, what are you going to do now? You know, if you if you keep it this way, you're going to have a lot of unhappy fans. They love this old color. I mean, the blue and the yellow. You're not going to. Most people aren't going to wear that blue and yellow out. You know, on a normal night. But for football colors, it's a legacy uniform. That's what you want to, to wear to game. For you know, for this team, for this franchise, that's what they're known for. Without a doubt, especially in LA. Now that they're back there, this you know, it's cool. It's nostalgic to a very small group of people in terms of their whole fan base but it's like why and you can't change the jersey so now it it, to me it looks kind of like a mess um it'd be cool it was cool for a game last year when they went to the white helmets but at the same time you know it doesn't look better than their current jerseys because you can't go full on with it and no one really wants to go full on with it no not for a primary I mean, and then you have your, it's like you're holding on to the St. Louis years, too, that little bit of the, of the old, you know, the old St. Louis gold, and just, you look, just, just wear the freaking uniforms that you have until 2019, you know, and I contractually bound 2019 to say these, this, to uh, wear these uniforms makes no sense to begin with, you mean to tell me that you couldn't work something out with Nike, that you couldn't, this couldn't be worked out with Nike to, Changes uniforms out. It's just silly. Definitely, I think part of it is they want the full rebrand to happen with the new stadium, and they're kind of just kind of be running in place for a couple of years. And even with our current uniforms, it, to change it like this, you act like we would have we would have had to have the worst color set in uniforms in the league. Like we don't, <laughs> not the best, but it's it's fine. Well, there are definitely worse uniforms in the league. No doubt. Definitely, you know, but maybe that's part of the some the symbolism of the Rams franchise has been the last few years, just, just total mix up. <laughs> total, total mix up. And, you know, now moving forward though, we have news here, you know, with a franchise tag, Tremaine Johnson is franchise moving on to business here. Yeah, for the second you, straight year. Second straight year. First time a cornerback's been, franchise for two straight years since Charles Woodson in 2004-2005. Yeah, Does it make sense? It, it unfortunately does. You know, we had to do, we tied our hands. We should have signed him to a long-term contract by this point if, you know, 
we chose him over Janoris Jenkins. Fine. You know, I Janoris had a hell of a year last year, but I think most fans were okay with that decision. But to do this, now you're making him the highest-paid cornerback in the league. Tremaine's all pretty good. He's a good player, but he ain't that good. And, the, you know, you can't let him walk either because then you, then we have nobody. We'd, have, we'd be back in our whole secondary on EJ Gaines and Joyner, who clearly are not the guys that are going to be able to hold it down. So, unfortunately, we needed to keep true to this ridiculous contract. What they should have done is locked him up long-term, but, you know, if you couldn't make that happen – this is unfortunately what you had to do. And I saw I saw the other day on Reddit what kind of blew me away is that they said now we have, I think, $32 million. The numbers might be wrong here, but that's the money we have tied up in Tremaine and Tavon Austin next year. So $32 million for oh, two guys that aren't yeah. elite players at their position is a bit ridiculous. And what do you do now? I mean, the Rams have been very good over the years of playing the salary cap game, and now you have to try and figure this out. I, I actually do agree with you. I think the Rams are painted in a corner. I think they were damned if you do, damned if you don't. If you let Tremaine Johnson go, you are screwed in secondary, and you don't really have the draft pick to kind of make up for it. Um, if you keep them, you're stuck paying them. And the salary cap space is went from being $42-ish million now to 26 in yeah. a year where they have to make free agent moves. You know, They're going to let go of, just being reported, they're going to let go of Kenny Britt. That's, that's going to save them a little bit of, but that means you're going after a receiver somewhere. You're going to have to pay somebody big money for that. Yeah, um, and that'll and and the problem there too is you're already paying a receiver big money, but we know yeah. that you know he's not. You need to have another good receiver next to him for him to be successful. So then, what do you do? Alshon Jeffrey's going to be top dollar. Yeah, um, you know you're going to go out there and you're going to see what Kenny Brick can track, but you know what Kenny Brick can do. He's a good. Hey, Britt's going to make a, no, a, a very good number two receiver on someone's team next year, but we need a number one. Yeah. And, and, you know, what do you do with that? And one more thing about Tremaine. We know what we're hearing now is that he's a better fit for Wade Phillips' defense. He's going to be even better fit than what he was for Jeff Fisher's defense. Um, this could change things because if he, if he does what, what Phillips is expecting him to do in that secondary, all of a sudden next year, can they afford him? Yeah, because if he really breaks out, then you're going to have to lock him up top dollar. This was the year to, to pay him his full contract because he had a little bit of a down year. So, you know, if we gave him the same contract that Janoris Jenkins got last offseason, it's a lot of money, but no one would be like, that's way too much money. They'd just be like, well, we had to lock up one of those guys long term. I'm just happy we got one. You know, the the Jenkins contract was big, but now that we've seen him play, it really wasn't that bad of a deal if he keeps playing like that. What, mean like he's playing in New York? Yeah. Well, you guys think about it. in New York, though, they were putting Jenkins back in a similar spot to what he was originally with the Rams. And that was more of a, 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 ro- a roaming one or two, whereas the Rams needed him to be a straight one. Yeah, you that's, know, that's a and, good point. You know, and I remember John, uh, not your man, remember Janora Jenkins saying, I was going up against every team's number one every week with the Rams. Well, yeah, you were, and you were getting burned an awful lot of number one. Yeah. But when you, what, what the Giants is, they were able to mix and match him because they had other comparable guys in the secondary, and it worked well. It's, you know, 
Tremaine Johnson is a different kind of cornerback than Jarrell Orshagan is. And it, it wasn't mm. it wasn't a real good fit. Yeah. Well, I think, um, well, now that we've got him on the books, we'll go back to, you were talking about Alshon Jeffrey. Depending on how much he's going to command, I wouldn't be upset about throwing him money, even though he played a little bad last year. He's a proven commodity. I think that whether it's Jeffrey or whether it's somebody a little worse, you have to bring in a receiver from free agency. Because if you look at Les Snead's draft record, and maybe Fisher was mixed into this, we don't know. His offensive, defensively, he's done a very solid job, pretty much. But offensively, it's been a mixed bag. Um, they nailed the girly pick, but for that, you have Isaiah Pede, you have Brian Quick, even Greg Robinson. Uh, they've even been hit or miss with the linemen, too. So I would rather see them spend this cap room on offensive guys in free agency, whether it be bringing in an offensive lineman or bringing in a Jeffrey or a, just a, even a Kenny Britt-level receiver. Because if Kenny Britt walks, you need to bring in a guy that's hopefully close to as good, hopefully better, but you would hope that at least a comparable player. And then use your draft picks on defensive guys because I trust what we have on defense right now a lot more than I trust what we have on offense and for Jared Goff to develop, he needs to have good players around him. For the most part, we already have a good, with Tremaine back, we have a solid four guys, four or five guys on defense that could cover up for some of the other lesser players we bring in. We saw with Gurley that he can't do that last year, and I'd rather them spend this money on good offensive free agents, and hopefully it would be a receiver and a lineman. Well, it needs to be... You know, and a couple of things on what you're mentioning with, with the less need drafts. Um, you're not, not going to hit on every pick. No. And of I think not. in today's armchair, well, I mean, I'm not saying you're saying that, but what I'm, what I'm saying is a, a lot of folks are just fans. Expect teams to hit on every first round pick and every second round pick. Greg Robinson's a great, a great example. Nobody saw Greg Robinson bust him. Everybody thought the, this guy is a sure thing. He's going to be a great left tackle in this league. He's the kind of guy that's going to be, you know, a left tackle, all pro for 10 or 15 years in this league. No, every team would have, got, would have been wrong on him. So I don't fault less need for that. I don't really fault less need for, you know, the Isaiah P pick. He had the speed coming out. He had a lot of other, you know, things coming out of Cincinnati that were good. Now, do I fault for the Brian Quick pick? Yes. And do I fault him for on the lineman he took? Yes. Uh, he's obviously an average to below average offensive evaluator, but as a defensive evaluator, he's very good. You know, look at who he's, who he's picked up on the defensive side of the football. Very few busts, you know, and you got you just need an offensive mind who can really see, you know, the talent. Hopefully Sean McVay brings that to the table with the head coach. Um, that, that's what I'm hoping for. Yeah, you'd hope. The, the only thing about Robinson is, at the time, it was a fine pick, but if you go back and look at that draft, the guys that went between him and Aaron Donald, it's just, like, depressing, looking at all that talent. <laughs> you got, like, Sammy Watkins, Odell Beckham, Khalil Mack, um, just pro bowler after pro bowler, and there's, like, one or two bus mix in there, but it's just, like, man. And we somehow managed to debatably get the best player in the first round anyways. You know, it's either oh. Khalil Mack or, or Beckham. Yeah, I mean, the Rams lucked out with that. 
Yeah. I, you know, you can't really, you know, you can't really complain too much because they still wind up with Aaron Donald. If they don't want it with Aaron Donald, I doubt Les Steed has a job right now. No, no chance because, you know, we got Donald, but like, I think it, the next three picks were Bortles, which no, bad pick. But then it was Watkins, who the jury's not out yet, and then Khalil Mack, who is obviously a stud. So Donald really did save his job. I mean, yeah, pretty much. And 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 moving moving with that, moving with that. With this draft, we have one coming up. We have, we now know we have a comp, a, comp, a compensatory pick in both third and the fourth round. We have a second round pick, um, and we either the third or fourth round we move up. We get a pick we didn't think we had now because well, yeah, the Titans take our, our com- compensatory pick. Yes, yeah, so we're, we're back towards the, the top of the third round. So there is movement available for the Rams here, but. We gotta look at free agency and think this is where the Rams are gonna have to, to make their move this year. You, you normally don't want to build teams off of free agency, but when they let James Lauren Isco last year, when they let um, Chris Long, Jenkins, yeah, Chris McLeod, Longo, when you let those guys go, that was a leadership vacuum, and that was yeah. a big problem for the team this year. But we didn't talk about. We should have thought about this. A leadership vacuum is gone, so you need to bring some of that back in. So you need a couple good veteran free agents who are playmakers to, to step up in this, this uh, team. So I, I think you're right. I think Jeffrey is, a, is, a, is somebody you have to go after. He's a, he's a playmaker. He would be a good fit in the offense, especially the try and run a vertical game. I think it's a no-brainer to go after him. He's, he's still under 30 years old. Uh, and then, you know, we, you have to get an offensive lineman. A center would be nice. Offensive yeah. tackle. So if you have twenty six million in space, you gotta think, well, you need about ten, eleven million in for for your draft picks, so then that leaves you with about fifteen million now to move around. I think the Rams are gonna have to cut some people. I think it's gonna be a very active time frame between now and the next uh two, three weeks. We're gonna see some cuts. Definitely. Yeah, if you bring in Jeffrey and a good lineman Use those two draft picks on a secondary player, probably, and something else on the defense. We're thin at linebacker. That'd be a great offseason. That'd be a great offseason. Um, another player, this is this would just be a flyer more than anything. Um, I think they should look, if he stays clean, they should look into Josh Gordon and see what the value is. He hasn't played in a long time, but last preseason he looked great. If what they need to give up is a late draft pick and they don't grab a guy like Jeffrey, I think that'd be fine. You know, but you can't get, you can't, you can't put all your eggs in that basket and it would have to be a low end pick to get him and not a lot of money. So you, you, you're all up on Josh Gordon, man. I've <laughs> always remember been. You met... He's good. Guy if... so... You know, the problem though, when you, when you, you know, it comes down to drugs and so on and so forth. That th- that's something you battle with your entire life. You can just look at in baseball with with our boy Josh Hamilton down in Texas, man. Yeah, he's, he's been battling his demons for years. It's not a guarantee with with uh, Josh Gordon if he's even going to you know he'll be okay for one season to the next, let alone even even playing a sixteen game season. That's a huge flyer for the Rams to take. But he's also, if you put it in that way, he is a bigger playmaker potentially than. Even Jeffrey is. Yeah, I think if I think if the asking price 
I think if it's a six-round pick, you 100%. I would rather have a chance at Josh Gordon than a six-round pick. True. Anything higher than that, you you really have to talk to the guy and see where his mindset is. But, you know, I'd rather have a chance at him coming back than a, a late-round pick. But yeah, like, you can't... Get him out of Cleveland. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah, and he hasn't officially been gone yet, but... I can't imagine he's there next year. No, he won't be. He won't be there. They mean the Browns organization has tried to stick by him. They they've been over backwards to stick by him, basically because they know what kind of talent he is. But he's burned so many bridges. You know, I mean, they they used to understand he's a sick he's a sick dude, but nonetheless, he's burned a lot of bridges out there. Yeah. The question is, you know, better in, in big old L A. Will he be able to handle it in L A. You got to make sure he's got good people around him, and you know the thing with him is, it's never been anything, you know, like it's just, you know, it's bad, but it's recreational stuff. So I, you know, at the beginning I was like the league's being too hard on him, but then now it's like this guy clearly could have like this guy clearly has a problem. You know, the narrative I feel like kind of shifted over the last two years, especially what will happen last year. Yeah, it's, just, it's a sad story. You're throwing away your career for something that you don't need. Don't need you now. Yep. All right. So with all those things, that's kind of the things to talk about for the Rams right now. I, I can't think of anything else really. We have the draft coming up. Free agency is going to be interesting over the next couple of weeks. Is there anything you're looking forward? You know, you're looking at to see what's next for the Rams in terms of free agency, besides the receiver, besides the line, there's something that you're thinking, hey, um, look out for this. Well, have they made a call on TJ McDonald yet? He's a free agent, right? He's a pending free agent. I think you got to bring him back. Yeah, and that, that'll take up some cap because he's a pretty good player. you got to think he gets close to McLeod money. So that but it, that's a big variable. I, I think I think he's another must sign. I think he's another I think he's another Tremaine. Mm-hmm. What happens your what are your safeties like without him back there? Yep, and whether whether Jenkins and McLeod got overpaid is a different subject, but when you let those two walk, you tied yourself to these two. You're basically saying these are the guys we need to build our secondary around. Because if TJ walks, you know, I feel like Last year, we got some productive out of guys like Cody Davis, but you need a proven guy back there. You really got him. You got to bring him back. And I don't even think TJ is done growing yet, to be honest with you. I think he's still growing into being an NFL safety. I, I totally agree. So, I mean, and then, geez, and, and the draft, you know they're focusing on Lineman, receiver, probably you know, and I and don't underestimate defensive line either. They lost something with Chris Long and Nick Fairley leaving. Mm-hmm. They, this defensive line was not the same this year. They were still good, but the pass rush had some issues. You know, I w- and I just wouldn't put it past Les Snead to try and put something extra back into that defensive line. And with the system switch too. You know, it would. It wouldn't. I wouldn't be upset if they brought in a, a proven three or four edge rusher. Yep. Um, because 
now that you're going to three four, you def I don't think you need another interior lineman, um, because they're going to be on the field less, and obviously you have the best interior lineman in the league. And if Brockers isn't starting in that three four, he's the best backup in the league. So I, but I think a edge rusher would be very helpful. And remember, it's a modified three four, so it's really a four three that modifies the edge out. So yeah. in that in that way, an edge rusher makes sense and also allows you, I think, to be able to rotate Brockers and Donald and keep them both moving, keep them fresh in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. You know, having a Bruce Irvin type kind of linebacker back there makes sense. A guy who can move speed, get to the edges, also pass rush. I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and linebacker too, because last year the depth was just not there. Horse. You just had you just had Horse. Baron Ogletree, and we still just have Baron Ogletree. And, I, and you know what? I get, gotta be honest here. I think that it actually was the Rams' most critical mistake. Yeah. On defense last year, it wasn't letting Jenkins go or McLeod go. I mean, that sucked. That you you your secondary is depleted that much. But when you have nobody in that second level with enough size to hit somebody and take them down, other than Ogletree, what do I you think? What the most. Left? The most unexplainable thing was just letting, getting rid of Ayers, and just not replacing him. And I, we wonder why Jeff Fisher got fired. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> it's like I get it, maybe for salary purposes, but that guy was our only other linebacker, and they just got rid of him. It's like, what are you, what are you? Even at the time, we were like, this makes no sense. Like, what are you going to do now? Well, there are count on Josh Force to step up, and he did step up to a degree, but he was still a, like a six-round rookie. Yeah, you can't trust on that himself. guy to, to play at that level. Good gosh. I mean, I, I, with that in mind, I mean, I think it's about time for us to wrap up. Um, yeah. Oh, I got it. You. Pretty okay, much well, for this week. Well, fans, um, just also let you know that we're, we're, uh, we're still with you. Rams talk is with you now. We're entering our fourth season. I want to thank you very much for being with us. It's great to have you guys. Um, it's been a fun ride. We're looking forward to another season. We'll be bringing the podcast back into full swing. So uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. Drama. Where else does history hang from the Raptors? Jalen Brown throws it. Down. Where else is your own city? Home to your biggest rival. The battle of LA is real, people. And 30 feet is still in range. Hurry, action. Where else can a city this loud be this slept on? Where else is history still in the making? Oh my goodness. Where else? The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. The available AKG 36-speaker sound system in the Cadillac Escalade provides 360-degree sound, so you hear studio sound on the road. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. 
That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.